Move Forward Radio is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at MoveForwardPT.com. You're listening to Move Forward Radio, a podcast featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts with advice on how you can move forward. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. Jenna Gatsis grew up with brothers. They challenged her, provoked her, drove her a bit crazy at times. She learned a lot from them about the need to stand up for herself, to give every bit as good as she got, and to earn their respect. Those experiences held her in good stead in early adulthood when she got the chance to parlay her professional skills into a position with the famed Joe Gibbs Racing Team. She became the first full-time female physical therapist and strength coach on the NASCAR circuit, and in professional motocross as well with Gibbs's team in that sport. Jenna was conspicuous as a female in what were and still are very much old boys' networks. Thanks to her upbringing, however, she knew quite a lot about how best not only to survive in a high-testosterone environment, but to thrive. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, Jenna recounts her experiences with those athletes and with other high-profile clients she's taken on in her burgeoning career, including actor Mark Wahlberg. She discusses the keys to her success and explains why she sometimes found it expedient to get a little punchy, literally. Here's our conversation. So, Jenna, you've already packed a lot of interesting experiences into a a relatively brief professional life. Can you start by bringing us up to speed on on sort of the twists and turns, if you'll you'll pardon those puns, that shaped your career path and and led to your becoming the first full-time female physical therapist and strength coach in NASCAR and professional motocross? So you probably know, you know, physical therapy is a, a hard, a hard endeavor to, to take on, and they they don't really choose that many kids for how many people apply. So I knew I had to set myself apart. So I volunteered for anything that I could. I tried to, you know, do things related to the field, like massage therapy. I went back and did some cadaver dissection and anything that I could do to get more experience. So uh, I also did massage therapy, and that was like the best thing that I could have done because the hands-on and the tactile awareness and just the gift of what muscles actually affect with the human body. I mean, it was it's one of the best things I could have done for the career because it accelerated me into meeting more and more people because of who I was helping. And then I was I met the athletic director from uh, Joe Gibbs Racing as a NASCAR team. And uh, they actually asked me to quit school because I worked with some of the drivers and they were raving about it. And they're like, you know, we need you here every weekend. And I'm like, well, if I'm that good, then, you know, you can wait for me to graduate. (laughs) (laughs) You have a background in strength and conditioning, right, in addition to physical therapy. So when you talk about school, which school are you talking about? So when I was in uh, DPT school. Okay. When I was in grad school. So I was a trainer before I went to, I did exercise science. I was a personal trainer. I worked as a physical therapy technician for about five years before school, before grad school. So all of these little jobs here and there, they really helped me network and just, you know, get my name out there. And I was introduced to a lot of people. So Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, people might be familiar with the name Joe Gibbs from uh, from Washington Redskins football as well as, as NASCAR, but man, that, that's a pretty big name in NASCAR racing, is it not? Yes, it is. It definitely is. We have some of the top drivers. So you, you were active in NASCAR, but also professional motocross. Uh, how did the motocross uh, connection come up? So Joe Gibbs Racing also has a motocross division. So we had three motocross riders. And then word of mouth with, I help people in a very short period of time because 
Um, I, I don't take insurance. I, you know, I don't let insurance dictate what my patients need. So, you know, uh, once I got into the NASCAR thing and they realized how much I was helping these guys, the motocross guys were on board too. And then other motocross guys from other teams were interested as well. And I was working on them outside of my house. So, so you make all, all this sound like kind of a, kind of a, a seamless process and a kind of a natural progression, but, but but being the first in any kind of role can, can be stressful and, and entail a lot of pressure, not only from other people, but from yourself. So how was it for you being a, a pioneer as a woman in your position with NASCAR and in professional motocross? I mean, what, what was easy about that and what was hard? Well, as you know, NASCAR is very good old boys and we do things like we did back in the day and it's not very, you know, up to date and modern as far as just techniques and modalities that are being used in, in regular sports. But the reason why I succeeded like I did and I was able to get my passion through is because I grew up with brothers. So liter- literally I could not have done it without that because just everything I said, everything I did, I was always confronted with, no, we're not doing that, or why don't you do it? Or <laughs> and I, well, I, I lift heavier weights than you, so let me go get my weight, and I'll come back, and then I'll do it. Me practicing what I preach, it, it really helped me, and then me having the confidence and the attitude to understand the gift that I have and the gift of our passion of physical therapy, you know, what we have to offer, that's, that's what, you know, set me apart from everybody else, and they understood that I knew what I was doing, and I really wanted to bring something new and innovative to NASCAR. So that experience with your brothers was really kind of uh, extremely important and just kind of understanding sort of the mindset and the things that might might be thrown in your path. Yes, definitely. Like the way that, you know, guys all make fun of each other and, you know, like I'm very witty and I'll make fun of them more than they'll make fun of me. So, <laughs> you know, not not getting offended by every little thing that people say and, you know, having the confidence in yourself to understand and recognize your worth and and not letting little little comments or little egos or insecurities take over what you have to offer. But at the same time, I imagine you have to stand up for yourself because it's kind of like they're seeing how you'll react as well. Yeah, oh, 100%. They they will push every boundary. It was like dealing with, you know, like 90 little little brothers. <laughs> and so <laughs> the, they'll they'll push the limits, but you have to you have to set the bar, you know, you have to show you mean business and that you know what you're doing and you're not going to let them walk all over you. Right. So so let's talk about working with NASCAR a little bit. Jenna, to give people an idea of the kinds of things that you were doing, what, what types of conditioning, injury prevention, treatment activities were you in, involved in with with drivers? What what kinds of things did you do? So I really didn't have any type of boundary. So I, you know, I brought everything that I could. I traveled with them every weekend. So as people don't know, NASCAR is the longest season in pro sports. The only months that we had off were December and January. So every single weekend we had private planes, flew to the races with them every weekend. I'm in there, you know, I'm going to the hotels, watching what they're eating, making sure they're going to bed, just implementing anything I could. We even modified some of the cars to, you know, to make up for certain injuries or certain overuse things that were happening with some of the drivers. So, you know, there's the sky's the limit with all that stuff. So I would I would mark all the overuse injuries. I would watch their mechanics on pit road and just, you know, simulation, watching the videos of everything and come up with protocols for them. So we were doing things before they got hurt. You know, we would see the injuries they were getting and we would see the freak things that were happening and we were implementing things that were preventing that stuff versus waiting for them to get hurt. Did you feel like most of the time you got you got buy-in from them? Because it seems to me like how you're describing it, you know, you, you could easily have somebody say, "Man, stop micromanaging me. Start looking. Stop looking at every single thing I do." 
Yeah, well, that's, I mean, again, every, I had pushback from everything, but when I'm this little girl coming in lifting more weight than they are and doing yoga and being able to, you know, be as flexible as I am, they, uh, practicing what I preach just, it, it was everything for them because it gave me that credibility, and so they respected that. Now, did you work just with the drivers, or did you work with uh, pit crew members and, and other NASCAR team members? Everybody. <laughs> the entire okay. company. <laughs> Family members, <laughs> everything. So uh, I actually designed the physical therapy facility within Joe Gibbs Racing. Like, we put in subwoofers. I, I did it from scratch on a computer, and then, you know, we just started picking different things, and I was the head and final decision maker on everything. So it's a beautiful facility. I work with the drivers, the pit crew, and anyone else in the company. So it wasn't, we're, we were a team. Joe Gibbs Racing was a very close company. Uh, Joe Gibbs' son, J.D., just family and morals and integrity and just caring about the people was his number one thing. And that's why I joined the team in the first place. I always had an entrepreneurial mind, and I always wanted to work for myself. But because of their values, I was like, these values align with mine, and I really want to work with them. So I took care of anyone and everyone related to our team. You said you also work with Joe Gibbs Racing uh, uh, Motocross Division. Uh, how how might the things that you did as a physical therapist uh, differ with that population than than with uh, NASCAR drivers and and members of that team? Well, there was that phone call of like, "Hey, are you still alive?" Every weekend. <laughs> so, I mean, motocross is extreme. So you know they could be perfectly fine, and then they crash one time. Someone runs them over. They're breaking scapula. They're, it's it was so crazy. So. I had to make sure that their their isometrics and their co-contractions and all their stabilizers were on point because if they did get hurt, their recovery time would be less afterwards. Well, we should back up and just uh, just for people who don't know, can, can you talk just a little bit, Jenna, about what professional motocross is, what, what, what actual vehicles they're driving, and, and what the dangers are there? So, I mean, they don't even have headphones. These guys are on what's like a, a little motorcycle, and they're going up and down and racing against one another. No, they do everything with signs. So if someone crashes, you know, the 30 guys behind them are going to run him over, you know, unless they see that there's there's a flag waving in the air. So it's, it's a pretty extreme sport. There's jumps, you know, there's falls, there's twists, there's turns, and it's just this, this one guy on a motorcycle with a helmet. So... It's kind of crazy. It's very risky, but it's it's so intense and it's so fun to watch. Well, and and you know, as a physical therapist, you're going to have a lot of work afterwards. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. That's why I always try to prepare their bodies and get them as strong and as as neurologically prepared, so that if they did have an accident, we were already ahead of the game. Can you talk about that preparation a little bit? What what types of things might be involved? So I would do yoga with the guys every week. I implemented the yoga and the flexibility pro- programs based on what overuse injuries they were they were having. So, you know, we're on the planes for hours a day. They're in cars. They're, you know, so we're always in a hip flex position. I'm, I would look at their habits and their daily lives and, and try to go against that so that they wouldn't have overuse patterns. A quick break to tell you about Choose PT the American Physical Therapy Association's National Public Awareness Campaign. America is currently in the grips of an opioid epidemic. In some situations, dosed appropriately, prescription opioids are an appropriate part of medical treatment. But opioids only mask the sensation of pain, and opioid risks include depression, overdose, addiction, and withdrawal. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is urging healthcare providers to reduce the use of opioids in favor of safer alternatives like physical therapy for treating pain. 
Learn how a physical therapist can help you at moveforwardpt.com slash choose PT. And now, back to this episode of Move Forward Radio. So uh, in, in a defining moment essay that you wrote for the December 2018, January 2019 issue of American Physical Therapy Association's PT in Motion magazine, you wrote that you gained four, four championship rings during your time working with NASCAR and, and the motocross circuit. Uh, I, 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 want, I have to ask, when I read that, I was thinking, did you mean that literally? Do you actually have rings to show for your efforts? Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Yes. So they're huge rings, and it's it's really, really cool. So we won the Daytona 500. We won the Xfinity Series is like the minor leagues, and we won a championship for that with Daniel Suarez. Um, it's just, I mean, we work all so hard for, you know, these couple races that are some of the most important races in NASCAR, and we won. Joe Gibbs Racing, when I was there for those four years, was the top team. Everyone wanted to be on our team. So you obviously you were considered a, an integral member of the team because you know, as as people in, in various sports know you don't get a ring if you're not, if you're not a member of the exactly. team and that must have been very gratifying to you. It was it was and the respect that you gained from the the players I call them you know and the, just the team they were all like a family to me and so I took care of them they took care of me we all protected one another and it was. It was great because once you start implementing these things and they see the benefits and they see the changes and they see themselves getting better within their skill, they're on board. So anything that I said, like I remember one of the guys was like, you know, you could say that like it's beneficial for for you to punch me and I would let you punch me. And I was like, well, that's, great. <laughs> <laughs> that's great to know. So it was kind of cool to see that the level of trust. You know, because I was, they know where I stand and they know I'm not trying to get them fired, you know, because a lot of pro athletes, they get scared about, oh, if I tell someone I'm injured, they're going to, you know, fire me. So I I had very, very close relationships and confidential relationships with my athletes where they knew where I was coming from and they knew my 100% number one goal was to help them be better. So did you ever punch anybody just for the heck of it? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. They would, I would get off the plane and they'd push my bag down. Like I'm telling you, it was like having 90 brothers. <laughs> but it was great. The, the love, the love that we all had was it was un, unbelievable. So you, you said you did that for four years. What 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 four years? Just so we can place that time wise. When when was that? So I've been out of the sport now for about a year and a half. So four years prior. Oh okay. I was actually, with the with the teams while I was still in school. While you were still in school, wow, that's a lot to take on. Yeah, so I know. <laughs> and I did one of my internships in the area because so I couldn't do it, do the internship with Joe Gibbs Racing because they had a physician-owned clinic at the time and uh, that they, they uh, just worked with not full-time. So we didn't even have PT full-time before I came, and so I was the first full-time PT and first female full-time PT, so it was kind of cool. So all the strength and conditioning that I did, too, was catered towards Again, their overuse injuries and their skills and preventative stuff as well. So, Jenna, also in that magazine essay, you wrote that since the NASCAR and motocross days, uh, you, and I'm quoting you here, I built a client base that includes the likes of college star and professional football players Saquon Barkley, uh, as well as notable entertainment figures such as actor Mark Wahlberg and film and television director Peter Berg. So can you talk about what you're doing now, um, about your current patient and client base, um, how you attracted these celebrity clients, and, and what your role is with them today? So word of mouth spreads 
everything very quickly, whether it's a positive or a negative. So when I help people and I use these techniques where insurance does not dictate what I do and I, people get better quickly and, you know, it's very extreme. You know, they go from I couldn't do this and now I can within days. So that word of mouth got me in front of some high-end people and then it just took off from there. So I'm actually, I just signed on as the expert PT and strength coach with Mark Wahlberg. He has a nutrition company and I am their expert. If you go to their website, I'm on the first page, you know, learn with Dr. Jenna. So they love what I do and Mark loves how I've helped him. He'll, again, do anything I say as far as rehab because they have that trust and they know that I won't steer them wrong. So it's it's a great relationship, and I work with Peter Berg also. He has a, a gym in Santa Monica, California. It's called Churchill Boxing. You know, like Manny Pacquiao trains there. Luke Rockhold was there the other day. So there's so many professional athletes and celebrities within that gym and regular people also. But he said, you know, these people work with the top, top people. And he was like, you're different than anyone I've ever met. He's like, I want you here for my members. So that's kind of like my home base and in California now. And uh, I, I travel and I do in-home stuff and I travel all over the U.S. and I speak and I teach. So, I mean, sky's the limit. I just want to spread our profession and how it can help people and uh, bring awareness to physical therapy and just trying to be better and not just wait till you get hurt or take a pill and, you know, get addicted to opioids. Like, there's so much more we can be doing, and I just want to educate people so that we can all be better together. How does where you are now in your career square with sort of where you thought you would be when you uh, when you were in school? I knew that I, like, I'm very motivated, I'm very driven, and I know my potential. I didn't know it was going to go this far, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's unbelievable. And Mark, he's very uh, strong-willed, and he's dedicated, and he's disciplined, and he listens, and he understands, like, the potential of the human body, and he wants everyone else to understand the same thing. You talked about before, kind of, uh, I mean, if I can kind of paraphrase, I mean, it sounds like, you know, practice what you preach. Uh, and uh, if, if anyone follows your social media, they'll, they'll immediately see that you're in really good shape and that you, you value that and, and, that, uh, and that's kind of uh, part of what makes your athletes and the people you work with respect you. Um, Jenna, is, there sort of, is, is everything you do sort of wrapped up in a philosophy of life that you can sort of encapsulate? And, and do you feel like there's a message there that you want to share with other people? Yeah, I feel like, you know, a lot of people put a lot of stress on different things. It's, you know, I tell people, your energy that you're spending every day, like, where is that dedicated to? You know, if you're mad all the time or if you're sitting all the time, if you're doing things, I mean, try to do things that better you as a person. Try to explore different things and try to just constantly be learning and not sitting and, and just sulking or, you know, just being complacent. I'm very driven to learn more and be better and try to, always learn because you know research is changing with things we did you know 10 years ago we're saying hey sorry that's wrong so to constantly be learning and constantly be understanding more about your body you know I, I tell my celebrities this all the time I'm like you know your daughter has a Louis Vuitton purse but I ask her what her legs called and she has no idea what like she's you know pointing to the quad like oh I think this is my hamstring you know so it's sad mm -hmm. to me that as a society we don't hold our body and our health as high on the list of priorities in our day. So just learn about yourself and how you move every day. Like if I'm, if I'm spasmed on the right side, it, it feels good to kind of turn that way. So then all day long I'm sitting like that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at me. 
So I try to mm-hmm. just make people aware of their own health. And it's your body. You know, you care so many things or care about so many things in the day. Like, why not care more about your body? Because it's going to help you in everything you do as far as depression and just how you feel, how you treat other people, how you feel about yourself. So just mm-hmm. making that a priority. So, so your hidden agenda isn't just that you want to be able to punch people without consequences? No, that's just an, an added bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Jenna Gatsis, thank you so much for speaking with us on Move Forward Radio. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or find previous episodes at moveforwardpt.com. Move Forward Radio is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at MoveForwardPT.com.